0: All right, guys, welcome to the 65 Movement Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Petty. I am your host, and I got a special treat for you today. I have my first guest, and who would be better to be my first guest than the woman who put me on this earth? I got my mom for you today. All right. Um, The topic for this month, May 2019, is who's in the driver's seat of your life. And I have my mom on because the subtopic of today is who's in the driver's seat of your mother's life. I know you guys love your mom. Last week was Mother's Day. I saw all your pictures. I know you love her. I know you love her. I want to make sure that you have an active love for your mom, though. I want to make sure that when. Your mom, I, want, I want to make sure that when your mom is driving down the road of life, that when she gets tired or when she can't see well, that you are making sure you're the first person to jump into that seat and make sure she gets to her destination. OK, that's what we need. And I have a little example of that with my mom. Um, she's she's had a few things go on over the past, I guess, month or two that we're going to talk about and we're going to detail. And I, I hope you guys will be able to see the examples that I've been trying to give you uh, since we've been talking about this topic. I hope you will see where her primary care physician tried to jump in the driver's seat. But then, you know, a lot of the people in her life, as well as my mom, her um, Herself said, "No, nah, you're not getting in my driver's seat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure that I get to my destination. And before we let you jump in the driver's seat, we're gonna do our homework. <laughs> All right. I hope you guys will see that. I'm getting ready to play, um, play that in a second. And and we had to do this on speaker because my mom is." in Philadelphia, and I'm all the way in North Carolina. So excuse the quality if it's not perfect, but I I did listen to it. You guys should be able to hear it well. Before I get started, I I do want to say this is very important. I'm about, I'm 40 years old. Unfortunately, I've been seeing lately that people my age, people I grew up with, people I went to school with are losing their parents right now. Most of you who are about 40, your parents are in their late 60s, maybe in their 70s, maybe even in their 80s. Unfortunately, people like me are dying in their early 70s. People who look like me are dying in their early 70s. Now, the average American dies around 78, but... Uh, You know, we are dying a little bit earlier black and brown people I'm talking about specifically. So with that said, I want to give my condolences to the Burns family. Um, Dr. Robert Burns was my roommate at Hampton University. He was also the best man in my wedding. He was also the co-founder of uh, New Doc Physical Therapy. And, you know, we haven't been that close lately, but he lost his father uh, this past week. And I just want to send my condolences to him, his wife and his family. And I, I hope you guys are looking at your parents and loving your parents and trying to make sure you're there for them and be in their driver's seat when they need you, because tomorrow is not promised if we don't watch what they're eating, we don't watch what medications they're taking, if we don't watch what their physicians are telling them to do, if we don't if we're not there to know what their physicians are kind of saying their outlook is, then we can get in real trouble. And I don't know how his dad died. So I'm not speculating on that. But I'm more just giving a warning to everyone is be in the driver's seat of your mother's life, be in the driver's seat of your father's life. If you have one, your auntie, your uncle, whoever you love, be ready to jump in that driver's seat or at least make sure that they are firmly in their own driver's seat. Because as soon as you start letting physicians and food industries and pharmaceutical industries and all those people get in the driver's seat for too long, the next thing you know, uh, that person's about to crash into a wall. So I want you to listen to my mom's story. Um, uh, You know, the good thing is she did not crash into a wall. This is somewhat of a success story to this point. Uh, You guys listen to it and then I'll be back to talk about it. All right, guys, so I want to introduce you to my mom. Her name is Ellen Petty. We're just going to kind of uh, give you an example of how uh, you can kind of get pulled out of the driver's seat of your life. All right, mom, just tell them about what you experienced over the last couple weeks.
1: Oh, well, it's been more than weeks. It's been about a few months. I wasn't feeling well, and so I pursued the doctor's input as to why I was feeling weak and fatigued first thing I did was go to a primary care doctor and just explain to them that I wasn't feeling well and I thought maybe the first step would be blood work and they agreed they took the blood work and two weeks later I hadn't heard anything from them so what I found to be very concerning was the fact that you would take blood work and you would not give me the results I I reached out to the doctors two weeks later, and they said, oh, if, your blood, if something was wrong with your blood work, we would have called you. So um, the, the next time that I was scheduled to see them was five weeks later, which I felt that to be very extreme. The bottom line was that the primary care doctor was just focusing on doing blood work and was not hearing the fact that I said that I was fatigued fact that they didn't have any findings in my blood work meant they should have called me back to try to assist me further. They did not. I pursued them diligently and finally told them to give me a copy of my blood work and then I would go to someone else, probably emergency care at a nearby hospital that I felt would be able to hone in on the problem. Primary care doctor then decided, well, how about if we give you EKG? Maybe that will give you some findings. And that started me totally out of the driver's seat and into a nightmare.
0: Yeah. And 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 just so you guys know, this is this is kind of, and I I heard the whole thing from the beginning, but this is kind of when it was really time to figure out, you know, where we were and and who was going to be in the driver's seat. Um, because this primary care physician was definitely about to try to jump into that seat and and my mom reacted uh, like I hope your mother will react. But go ahead, mom. My
1: rea- oh Yes, my reaction was that, number one, I pride myself in knowing my body and I knew that I was weak. And in suggesting that they did not, that they lost sight of the original complaint that I was weak and that they focused more on the blood work, challenged her to find some way to identify what might be my problem. She did an EKG immediately, and came excitedly into the office oh, I think I now know what's wrong with you. And she said that I had acid. And Eric probably can tell you the details of acid. She told me, not only did she tell me I had acid based on my EKG, but she said immediately she wanted to refer me to a cardiologist, and immediately she wanted to prescribe blood thinning, medicine because I could have a stroke and die and that's basically
0: what she told me straight out that I could have a stroke and die so and so, mom I'm sorry it Just so just so you guys are hearing this and anybody who doesn't know who a, what AFib is, AFib is atrial fibrillation but the, the key is we went from your blood work is fine and everything's okay we don't really need to talk anymore to now you have AFib and I want to put you on a medication and if you don't take it you might die I I hope you guys can see how how quickly um, the the tables can turn and and then how quickly you have to react before you get put in a situation where you're taking a a real. That's a real medication when you start getting on blood thinners, Uh, blood blood thinners are can be dangerous. They can completely kind of change your life and your lifestyle. Uh, Yeah, so
1: immediately, my response to her was blood thinners. I'm not going to take any blood thinners. You're telling me that you're going to refer me to a cardiologist, which is a specialist. He's going to do an echocardiogram in addition to looking at the EKG. So why not wait? And the reason I was concerned about that because I had family history that said you know that was already existing within my family history I didn't think it was me but it could be and I just didn't want to rush ahead I wanted a specialist to speak to her because I felt that the way she had treated me previously said I didn't trust that she would treat me right was giving me some blood thinners prematurely so the next I had to wait a week and then I went to I gave him a copy of her EKG, but he says, oh, tell me this story, and I basically told him a story of what I had been through for the last month or so, and then he did his own EKG, and then he came back and talked to me, he said, okay, we're going to go further, we're going to do the echocardiogram, we're going to do an ultrasound, I'm going to do my own blood work, and then you'll come back next week, and I'll give you the results, now I thought that, oh, this meant that I couldn't go anywhere, I was supposed to go on a trip the next day. To Minnesota and I said doctor are you telling me that after you do these tests I can go on a plane tomorrow with comfort and he said yes so I went on but I read through that message from him that he was saying he did not agree with the doctor primary care doctor's information but doctors are not going to talk against each other so he just said oh have fun I'll see you when you come back yes so come back was last Wednesday I came back to him after my trip And he says to me, oh, why are you so nervous? I said, because I'm wondering what you're going to say to me. And he said, oh, well, the only thing we found was out of all your tests and your blood work is that your calcium is a little high. And I knew why the calcium was high because I had been taking calcium for bone density. That was a requirement by my primary care doctor. But I had taken an extra one that day. 'cause I was supposed to take one day and night and I attribute that to why my counselor there was no other results that he could give me. And so I said to him, Well I have to ask you straight out, like my son told me to ask you, Do I have ACID? He said, No, you do not have ACID. He said, and I said, Well can you tell me why I'm weak? He said, Well you're gonna have to hang with me for a while because then he had me wear a monitor for forty eight hours. And the monitor is to check how my heart is beating day and night and whatever. And I did that this past weekend. And then he also told me when I come back this coming Wednesday, he would do a stress test. Now, once we do
0: those two things, we will take it from there. But so so mom is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mom, I, I just want to want to really make sure the listeners understand that the driver's seat part, because when all of this was happening, just kind of name a few of the people that you okay. Talk yes, to when you were first advised yes, to take blood thinners and, and kind of yes, go down a, a totally different road than what you're used to, because what the listeners probably don't know is that you don't take any medications at all. Yes, so to go from right. no medications yes, to a very serious medication is a big deal. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. One of the things I said to the primary care doctor in search of trying to find out why I felt the way I did, I explained to her that she didn't know me because it was a new patient-doctor experience and that I as far as i was concerned could do all things that i had went from 100 to zero in terms of my feeling but you know she couldn't relate to that because she didn't know me so i immediately called my son and i told him about acid and he was shocked. but then i went further i had i have a doctor a chiropractor that i had been going to for about 28 years and i went to him i showed him the test that she had given, and he talked to me about the whole subject matter. He assured me here again that he was surprised that I would have this, but he said, We'll deal with it. We first got to get some more tests from the cardiologist. I also went to my herbalist and I shared with him. He suggested that I take a cleanse and maybe, you know, that, that would uh, correct the uncomfortableness sometime when you, you know, your body has hit a whole lot of things that you just need to clean it out. But the bottom line was, I exercise regularly. I'm not. Than vitamins and herbal tea. That's the only thing I take. So for someone to not be concerned that you've gone from being healthy and doing all things to not being being weak and doing no things, and then to be diagnosed with acid was just really traumatic for me. But
0: yeah, and and I think the key was you went to me, you went to your herbalist, you went to your chiropractor. I'm pretty sure you probably talked to Keith, your personal trainer, about it. Yes,
1: I did. I did. I talked about everybody that's been in my life. and they were shocked as I was that what happened Miss Ellen I mean what happened what happened and that's when we all was in awe as to how a person like me could go from one extreme to the other and,
0: but you know and the reality of the situation was this stuff never happened this was that's this was right. all a figment of this primary care physician's imagination in essence she had jumped in the driver's seat and she had no idea where she was going and she was about to crash the car and only because there were so many other drivers in the situation is why we didn't crash. It's, it's because of Keith, the personal trainer, because of the chiropractor, because of the herbalist, because of, um, you know, me knowing what I know about heart heart disease. It was be- and, and just because my mother has a strong uh, sense of, you know. I'm not just going to do what you tell me to do is why the car didn't end up getting crashed. But in a lot of situations, if you don't have all these people, you can see how this exact same person could walk out of that office, end up on blood thinners and you know, now need so many other things in their life and have a totally different outlook on life because of some of the risks that come with blood thinners and, and, and some of the things that you have to change. So I just wanted my mom to kind of get on and tell you that story. Um, and we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I'm gonna let my mom go. I know she's a busy lady. And uh, okay. we're going to continue talking about the driver's seat of your mother's life. Okay. Anything you want to say before you go, mom?
1: Well, I think that's about it. All I'm saying is know your body and know and know the doctors you're dealing with long before you get sick. Is one of the things that was told to me a long time ago. You have to be your own doctor and pick your doctors while you're well. Don't wait until you get sick because that's what happened to me. I didn't know these doctor, this doctor and I was sick and I had to go to her. Had I known the doctor, the doctor would have known me and maybe prescribed a different route that we would have taken rather than the one we did.
0: All but right. I'll save it so long right now. All <laughs> right. Thank you, mom. Bye. 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 All, right. All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that little back and forth with me and my mom. And I hope you learned something from it. I hope you can take that and apply it to your life or apply it to your mother's life. And it doesn't have to really stop. Uh, with your mother. It can be your father. It can be any of your loved ones. I chose mothers because I really think all of us have a soft spot for our mothers. Um, We just had Mother's Day pass. We all know that Mother's Day is going to get a lot more attention than Father's Day. So that's why I picked mothers. But this goes for everybody. If you can look at how my mom was, if she was by herself and she didn't have anybody to talk to about this, there's a very good chance she could have walked out of that office taking blood thinners. Now, when you take blood thinners, you could you know, you could bump your arm and start bleeding and, and bleed to death. Now, I know that's I, I'm pushing that kind of far, but it is the truth. When you're on blood centers, your your blood does not clot like it normally does. And you have bleeding precautions. And by bleeding precautions, I mean, you hit something, you could bleed to death. Not only that, it, it, get, it puts you at a higher risk for uh, different cardiovascular events because your blood is so thin. And if you have internal bleeding or, or something like that, you can put yourself in a serious condition. So my mom literally went from being completely healthy um, to a primary care physician probably misreading an EKG, telling her she had AFib and about to put her on blood thinning medication that could have changed her life. I know of people who have bled out on blood thinning medication. And I also know of people who didn't take their blood thinning medication properly and got blood clots and had embolisms or strokes. So we're talking about a serious medication that my mom was able to avoid. And now we know through the cardiologist that no, she doesn't have AFib. She didn't need to take any blood thinners. And generally, I think that she's going to be fine. We'll see what the stress test and we'll see what all that stuff says. But generally, I think she's fine, regardless of what comes up next with that cardiologist. The cardiologist has already reached out and said, I could call and talk to him directly. He's being very forthcoming with my mom and giving her lots of information because he recognizes that she has all these different drivers in her life that actually know a little bit about what they're talking about. I need you guys to surround your mother the same way. And it can't just be you the same way. Like I'm all the way in North Carolina. My mom's in Philadelphia. I would feel bad if I was the only one she could talk to. And even if I was there, I don't want her to go on one opinion. Surround your mother, surround your father, surround your family members with people who can help them when these times come. Um, If you look at my book 65, I give a whole chapter on chapter 18 where I give you an organizational structure and basically what I'm talking about right now is my mother's board of directors. I'm the chairman of the board of my mother's board of directors. Her personal trainer, Keith, is on the board. Her herbalist is on the board. Her chiropractor is on the board. Um, There might even be a few other people that are on her board of directors. We are her board of directors and we direct what these department heads are going to do. In essence, her cardiologist is a department head. He runs the Department of Cardiovascular. And but he doesn't do anything that the board of directors doesn't approve. And my mother is the CEO of her organization and she doesn't make any decisions without her board of directors approving it or at least giving their input. If you can set your mother's life up like that, it will be so much harder for her to lose. Because this setup works not only for you go to the doctor's office and you get a bogus diagnosis and 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 they're trying to put you on medications, but it works for food. It works for behavior. It works for habits. It works for everything. Okay, if you surround yourself with good people, people who love you, if you surround your family members with good people, people who love them, it's so much harder to lose. It's so much easier to get to your destination, which is a long, happy, healthy life. And when you have a long, happy, healthy life, you can serve God's purpose in your life. That's the goal of the 65 movement. I don't want y'all to ever forget that. It's to serve God's purpose in your life, but you can't do that when you've had a stroke or you, you might be able to, but you won't be able to do it as well. Um, you know, I know God can make anything good. So I, I wanna take that back and to some extent, but I want you to understand that when you're healthier and you're moving and your mind is sharp, it's so much easier to do more for God, in my opinion. All right. So I want you guys to keep following this conversation. Keep following this topic. Who's in the driver's seat of your life? Who's in the driver's seat of your mom's life? Who's in the driver's seat of your dad's life? Your children's life? I might do a whole one on children next week. Um, But I just want you to really look around and say, who's driving uh, these lives that I love? Okay. And if it's not a loved one, if it's the food industry and and, and this person or maybe it's you are addicted to food, then the food industry is in the driver's seat. If you are taking 10 medications or if your mom is taking 10 medications, then the pharmaceutical industry is in the driver's seat. If, uh, you know, your your mom or dad is following all these different opinions from their cardiologist to their neurologist, to their primary care physician, to their nephrologist, then they are they are being led or they are being driven by opinions and opinion leaders, because in essence, these doctors are opinion leaders. So let's really examine who's in the driver's seat of the lives that we love. And then let's come back and talk about it some more. All right. Y'all can catch me on 65book.com on Facebook. Dr. Petty 65 on Instagram. Dr. Petty 65 at gmail.com. You have to spell out the doctor. Obviously, you know, you can catch me here on the 65 Movement podcast. And I'm just looking for you guys to hopefully share this with your loved ones, share this with your friends so they can get attached to the movement. And if you happen to be somebody who says, you know what, I'm really interested in this. I'm really about this aging and helping seniors. Then just shoot me a, a comment on one of my posts or shoot me an email and say, I want to get involved with the 65 movement. I really do need some more people to kind of help out and push this movement forward um, you know, as of now, a lot of this is on my back and on the back of my family, but I need more people. If you're that person, just holler at me. I guarantee you, I can give you something that you can do and you can make it your own. Okay. All right. Until I talk to you guys again, God bless.